What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we take a journey into the Hundred Acre Wood. Mm -hmm. A very bloody journey. Yeah, the bloodiest of and honeyest of journeys into mm -hmm. the elusive Hundred Acre Woods that apparently are also very, very easy to stumble upon. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess just take a left down the old forest trail and mm -hmm. then a slight right and you'll see the sign that says welcome to 100 acre, 100 acre wood <laughs> the home of magical beings that nobody has <laughs> ever discovered before yep so it's uh it's my pick this week and <laughs> we were discussing oh i guess i was kind of in between a couple films but after talking with erica for a little bit i thought you know what movie we talked about but never talked about that everyone kind of talked about for a little bit Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. <laughs> yeah, because this is a trailer that we watched on stream. Mm -hmm. And I think both of us were pretty much at the consensus of if they don't take themselves too seriously and get really creative with what they do, this could be a so bad it's good film because it's never going to be great. Right. But it it has the ability to potentially be one of those movies where it really leans into itself and as a result is fun, is a fun film. I feel like that's what both of us thought post the trailer. And then I feel like the reviews came in and it did not seem like it was hitting that mark that we had hoped it would hit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it seemed like everybody uh, kind of disliked this film. <laughs> yes. Not only disliked this film, uh, really disliked this film. Like, this mm -hmm. film did not do very well as far as reviewers go. Um, most people basically, uh, it's really hard not to be mean <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because, like, I do see some, some grains of good ideas in here. Um, mm -hmm. But I also understand where everyone's coming from with all of their critiques and criticisms about this movie because um, it's not great. I, I'm not even going to front like just coming out of the gate. I'm like, I don't think this movie is great. Um, however, I haven't heard much beyond that. Like, I feel like a lot of people, as far as what I've seen, have talked about like disliking the movie and like calling it boring, et cetera, et cetera. But why? You know, like, mm -hmm. why is it so bad? So I got curious uh, curious enough that I wanted to use it for my choice this month because I felt like if we didn't cover it soon, we probably just weren't going to cover it at all. And so here we are in the Hundred Acre Wood uh, talking about the murderous version of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet. And Piglet and Piglet. Lest we forget mm. that, that squirrely little squealy guy <laughs> hanging around the woods as well. <laughs> Um, out of curiosity, what's your uh, what's your background with Winnie the Pooh? Like, how did you did you read this the the original book? Did you mm -hmm. see the Disney version? Like, well, first of all, 
I'm going to need anybody who's been personally victimized by Return to Pooh Corner by Kenny Loggins to raise their hand. I am raising my hand where Shane is not. So I'm going to assume that you have no idea what I'm talking about. None. (laughs) So Return to Pooh Corner is the song that we had to sing in my elementary school. Uh And I remember we performed it for all the parents in our choir concert. But it's one of those songs where, you know, when you learn things when you're younger and they just never leave your brain, no matter how much you would prefer for them to. I feel like this song is one of those Mm. where I still remember the lyrics to them, but I'm never going to want to listen to this song again. I, I just, it's just, they're burned into my brain because we rehearsed it so much. Okay. And I've never heard of that. Really? It's, yeah. I'm trying to, th- it's like. <laughs> oh, yes, please. You have to. <laughs> it's like, Christopher Robin and I walked along under branches lit up by the moon. No. <laughs> really? And then the chorus, maybe you'll know the chorus. I feel like maybe that's the more popular part. Catch me if you can. I've got to get back to the house of Pooh Corner by one. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Be There's I've so much to be this. done. <laughs> it um, doesn't need to. It's it, that's for the best. I mean, it's a song that I don't. I don't know why you would have heard it. Besides, <laughs> if you had needed to sing it for some capacity in school, but besides that. Besides my little poo corner situation, Mm -hmm. I actually was a really big Winnie the Pooh fan, which is not to say that I am not still, but is more just to say that I fell off. I don't really have any reason to be checking up on our friends in the Hundred Acre Wood anymore. I didn't have the, I don't think I had the original book. But I do remember I had a book that was a bunch of different stories of the characters that I used to like to read all the time. I also remember that it was printed wrong. The pages were printed upside down. Like the (laughs) the book cover was normal side up. But when you opened it, you had to flip the book around because the rest of it was upside down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was very long. And I enjoyed that. I really like the Disney movie, Winnie the Pooh. And I actually dressed as Winnie the Pooh for Halloween not too long ago, <laughs> I think about <laughs> six or seven years ago, I was Winnie the Pooh for Halloween. Okay. So I am a fan of 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 Winnie the Pooh, the story, mm-hmm. the characters I really like. And I feel like they were a pretty big part of my childhood. I remember being really into animals because I was really into like Scooby-Doo and things like that. I was really into animals that had human qualities when i was a child so winnie the pooh just kind of fit perfectly into that (laughs) gotcha okay see i always knew of winnie the pooh but i wasn't a hardcore fan of the Mm -hmm. franchise um it was just one of the ones that when i was growing up i didn't really um lean towards i i feel like i was much more in the realm of calvin and Hobbes myself it's kind of like what i grew up with However, I do remember the original book just because I think a lot of the libraries like at my schools and like in my town had the book, um, especially in like the kids section. Uh, Not that I read it, but I did like going getting prepped for this episode. I went through and looked at it and I remember a lot of the images from it. And I do remember like being younger, just kind of like scroll uh, or sorry, flipping through 
the book and like looking at some of the images and like occasionally reading a passage or two but the characters are very familiar to me like i feel like for myself and a lot of us in our uh generation we all kind of grew up alongside this character so even mm-hmm. if you didn't consume winnie the pooh you knew who winnie the pooh was right yeah definitely i think you know at least one character besides yeah. who you know of at like, least you know, one Pig, character at least piglet eeyore maybe Probably, tigger of course right and i think every single person has seen a relative post on facebook that one page from the book that's like will we be friends forever Pooh?" and <laughs> and more than that tig or piglet or whatever <laughs> whatever it says i don't know if every year i see at least one person post the thing that of Pooh and piglet sitting together and it's it's all sentimental so you've seen <laughs> that at least if nothing else but Basically, the story has become public domain now. So at least the original story is public domain. You still you can't use the imagery that Disney created for the characters because what Disney did create is not how is an interpretation of how the characters looked in the book, in the original book. So you can't have Pooh's signature red t-shirt thing right things like that you can't have so but disney was very quick to be like no 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 none of that (laughs) disney of disney at every chance is always is gonna say bitch you thought so (laughs) that can't happen but the characters themselves and the stories that they got get or the adventures that they get into in the original story are now public domain and so you can adapt that except for in the United States, you can. I did read that. Apparently, it's public domain in the United, in the United, United States. Yeah, because you can't do it in Europe yet. Mm-hmm. Like, Europe, you still have to wait till I think it was 2027 before right. you can get away with that. So, I guess because of that reason, a lot of people in Europe are actually having trouble watching this film because it's not mm-hmm. technically legal there, question Right. Because technically there, it would still be under copyright. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they it would they wouldn't... There's no way they could releases without having to pay or do some some sort of thing but yeah here in the united states time's up <laughs> time's up time was up aa so yeah they they saw that and they ran with it mm. and and it was like the day of as well like they were ready um and I, I i will say that i feel like when the announcement that the winnie the pooh horror movie was coming out i remember the amount of just like hype and like whispers like, like oh what is this and mm-hmm. like granted i think we all knew especially around the time the first trailer came out like what kind of movie we were getting right like we're definitely getting some lower budget slasher version of winnie the pooh like i I think we were all aware of that Mm -hmm. going into it um but what exactly it was wasn't left to be seen until earlier this year when it actually came out right and i will say it did it was it was successful with the budget Mm -hmm. that they had this movie was successful it made way more than what they spent on it and that's awesome that's great especially for an independent film that's fantastic i love to hear that so there is going to be a sequel because it made a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) so we are expecting a blood and honey 2 just an fyi 
for mm-hmm. anybody who uh, has had this on your radar. Maybe check it out so you can get all of the lore before the second one <laughs> the second one pops off. I will let you guys know this is not free at the moment. It's not oh, no, it available not. to just stream on any platform. You do have her to rent it or buy it if you're feeling frisky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are your only two options. And honestly, um, shout out to everybody who went out to the theaters to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you use a pass or you paid full price, I'm sure that you were feeling some feelings by the time that you left that theater. Um, but we still thank you and support you for going out and supporting yes. movies. We still love that. Yes. And also, we I will throw it out there. Whether I like a movie or don't like a movie, if the price is right and it's not wild and crazy, I have mm-hmm. no qualms about supporting and paying to see the film because I know how much work goes into making these, even when it doesn't turn out well or doesn't turn out the way that was intended. I know how much work goes into these. So I will just put it out here now, despite what I say later on my thoughts that come out <laughs> later on. I I am still happy that I rented it, paid for it because, like I said, I I want people to get success from the things that they make, mm-hmm. and so you know it it was five bucks. It it's not that big, not that big of a deal. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want to watch it, if you have any like urge to watch it, um. I, I don't know if it'll ever go to free streaming, but, you know, it's always nice to support. So. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, between like this and Skinamarink 2, like whether or not, not Skinamarink <laughs> oh, 2, just Skinamarink, yeah. you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. But between those two films, it is still nice to see, um, you know, lower budget indie films in theaters, regardless of if they're successful or not, just because variety. We love, we love to have that mm-hmm. at the theaters. It's always nice. Um, but... There are a lot of things I want to talk about with you, Erica, in regards to this movie. Um, So I would love if we can just start getting into it. Oh, yes, please. But first, (laughs) I did want to wish a happy Pride to everybody this month. Happy Pride Month, everybody. That it is a great month. I hope it is a happy month and a joyous month. I hope that if you guys are going out to celebrate, that you stay safe and that you have a great time. And as always, but especially this month, we are sending all of our LGBTQIA plus homies, all of the love, all of the good thoughts. And once again, stay safe, have a good month, and happy Pride. And now, of course, it is time for the scare scale. Of course. Five being, oh my gosh, I'll never sleep again. One being, I could have took a nap during the movie. What was blood and honey? I'm going to say it's a one. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and say it's a one. (laughs) You got that one right on the head. Mm -hmm. Yep. It is definitely a one it's <laughs> for a me one. as well. It, and and not for lack of trying, but true, I just true. I just think that this even as a just movie, this idea inherently is not scary because you're more so banking on the nostalgia and just the people that want to see, oh, how are you gonna turn Winnie the Pooh creepy? More right. so than anybody who's going into it actually thinking Winnie the Pooh 
is scary. So mm-hmm. I don't ever think that there was a, a notion that this was going to be a scary film. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I was expecting B-movie slasher when I went into this film. Mm-hmm. So like I was thinking perhaps there would be a jump scare or two or maybe if they're going like the hyper gore route, we might see some like really ridiculous stuff. It's kind of neither, depending on who you are, in my opinion. But yeah, overall, I there was no point where I was really scared mm-hmm. watching this. It was more just like, like you said, consuming this idea of like, what is this film? Mm-hmm. Why, like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And how are we going to take this IP and make it creepy? Is more what wh- how I was watching this. Right. So there you go. Ones across the board. But without further ado, it's about time to jump into it. So, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned. But today, we are talking about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, directed and written by Reese Frank Waterfield, starring Maria Taylor as Maria, Nikolai Leon as Christopher Robin, and Craig David Dowsett as Winnie the Pooh. Deep in the Hundred Acre Woods, a young boy named Christopher Robin meets a pack of half-breed creatures sparking a timeless friendship. But when Christopher leaves for college, the pack is forced to fend for themselves. With no one to feed them during the harsh winter, the creatures revert to their primal nature, shunning mankind and swearing revenge on Christopher Robin. Insert 100 acres of murder, bloody ex-best friends, and ooey-gooey handfuls of honey here. Our film concludes with an unfortunate group of women straying too close to the woods. Will they be able to survive? Or is it an all-you-can-eat buffet in the 100 acre woods? Also, you left. Roll credits. Okay. Roshane, mm-hmm. what is your first note? Well, okay. So the first thing I have here, and also just a quick, I guess, disclaimer here. Um, as far as the plot of this film goes, there's only so much to talk about, I feel like. Mm-hmm. However, in the scope of the movie... I do think that there is a lot to talk about. And like, mm-hmm. I, so with that in mind, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is just going to be straight off of my notes and what I wrote down, yes. because I feel like that's just going to be <laughs> the easiest way to stay in line with what's happening in this film. Uh, yes. So my first note here is actually a promising start, um, mostly in regard to the storybook style opening that we get for the movie. I, yes, I actually think that this animated opening is pretty freaking good. I like it. I think it's clever. I think it's creative. I think it's a great way to catch us up to speed without having to show us anything with actors or the trying to recreate all of the animals at one point Mm -hmm. to kind of bring it from this storybook on the page tale to real life when we cut forward i actually thought was really cool and i feel like for the tale that they're weaving this horrific tale of what happens to the our our friends in the hundred acre wood 
mm-hmm. I feel that doing it animation was the best way that they could have done it. And I also think brings a kind of darkness to it that they wouldn't have been able to achieve, I think, if they had tried to film it just yeah. more conventionally. No, yeah, I agree with you there. I think that the storybook style opening was kind of the only way that you could start this idea. Yeah. Um, Because it's a great way to convey that innocence with the idea that we're still going to be getting this, like, you know, dark tale about these characters. Uh, So when that started, I was like, okay, perhaps, perhaps just this one time, the internet could have been wrong. You know, maybe this movie's not going to be as bad as everyone was saying it was going to be. Um, it was, uh, it, it, it was, and <laughs> it was unfortunate because like, it, it really feels like that meme where it's like, you know, you had me in the first half, not gonna mm-hmm. lie. And then like, it's mostly through this first sequence when we get, so let's talk about the idea, right? We get the, we get the idea that Christopher Robin at some point needs to leave for college. Makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's like, okay, what happens to these characters when he's gone? And so we're jumping in with Christopher Robin coming back to the Hundred Acre Wood to see his friends. Um, and he's brought his soon-to-be wife, question mark, right. of May. They're engaged, but mm-hmm. he calls her his wife later on, which I'm not sure if that was just a line flub or what a writing flub, but they are engaged. They are not yet to be married. Mm-hmm. So he's bringing her back obviously to meet his you know childhood friends and also kind of sort of to prove that he's not crazy which i'm sure that he has been taking a severe clowning Mm -hmm. to every in regards to everyone he's probably tried to tell about winnie the pooh i'm sure but that i'm sorry that's a that's a secret that you keep locked up why (laughs) that's not something you share maybe on a drunken night out you let it slip and you have a good giggle about it but That's not one that I would necessarily be telling anybody. And even in this instance, so if I were Christopher Robin and I was bringing my fiance to this place to meet these anthropomorphic animals that I've been telling her I grew up basically taking care of, I wouldn't have, I would have lied. I would have said, let's go on a little weekend outing. Let's go stay in the woods. I wouldn't have even mm-hmm. told her why we were going there. And then it would have been a little fun surprise <laughs> when we yeah. got there. And I'd be like, also, here are those, here are these friends that I grew up with. I just would have kept that shit locked up real tight. Right. Or, or perhaps vetted what had happened to your childhood friends since you haven't seen them <laughs> since you right. left. So maybe perhaps have a quick reunion with them first and then bring your wife that you care so much about to come meet these creatures out in the middle of the woods right because even without them being creatures that's kind of a wild thing to do imagine if you lost touch with someone for five years and then just showed up at their house with your fiance Mm -hmm. (laughs) and said hey remember me this is mary my my soon-to-be wife it's it's just kind of a it's Ooh, just a, it's a little off-putting I, <laughs> to just show up with after not speaking for five years and have been being an adult now because the last time they saw you yeah i guess you were a teenager but you were still a child in some right. regard also too going back a little bit in the storybook opening the narrator talks about when christopher robin stumbles upon them and meets everybody and he says Oh, he met 
Piglet and Rabbit and Owl, but most importantly, Winnie the Pooh. Why is that? Why is Winnie the Pooh most important? Because they all live there. They're all the same. They're all... Like they're all just these little stuffed animals that he's can talk. Main, he's got main character energy. I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, I just thought it was a little bit disrespectful to to the rest of to the say, pack. "Oh, here's Michelle, here's Kelly, and most importantly, Beyonce." <laughs> and that's what it felt like. It also gave off the energy of when Dorothy's leaving Oz, and she says, "I'm gonna miss you most of all, Scarecrow," and everybody else goes, "Well, fuck me then." <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess our friendship doesn't mean anything to you. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but you got to admit, his name is in the title, so I'm sure he's feeling some type of way. He's He knows. He knows. When he, he knows. He knows. He's, he's the main character. He's the leader of the pact, even if he doesn't initially claim that spot. Um, I, I I think internally he's uh, he's aware of his existence and like what he means to this. Right. Also, Winnie the Pooh. But Pooh is his nickname. So who was Winnie? <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking at my notes and I thought, huh, <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's true. Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I don't know if I'd necessarily want to dissect yeah. the ins and outs of why Winnie the Pooh's name is what it is. I'm sure that's it's fair, explained somewhere. Somewhere in that, I just, in that book. I've never thought about it until this particular <laughs> moment. Um, but what do you, I want to ask you, what do you think of this being the inciting incident? This being the reason that they want revenge and they're so violent. Do you think that this is a strong enough reason for yeah. everything that occurs? I, I kind of think so. And I that falls under the umbrella of that first note of like, I do think it's a promising start because I think this idea is kind of realistic um, when you, I, I guess when you choose to uh, allow it to make sense. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, he's, he showed up out of nowhere, started hanging out with these, these creature animal things and has been feeding them nonstop. He's been a source of food for these, uh, for, for this group. Right. And like, for all of us who have pets, like you understand how quickly your pets will turn on you when you don't feed them. <laughs> um, so the idea that like, yeah, he kind of, as far as they're concerned, abandoned them and mm. they had to fend for themselves in an area that had nothing to eat. I could understand them becoming r- resentful towards him for that action. Do I think it's fair to blame him for you guys eating your friend? I think that's a little bit of a stretch. Right. But I get where the energy's coming from. It's, yeah, I get where that feral, you abandon us energy is coming from. I will say, Pooh, I question. Because later on in the film, you have an abundance of honey. So mm-hmm. why did you even need to eat your? Mm. You had, well, pla- I think Pooh was just a maniac in this film. I think Pooh's been <laughs> wanting to scrap. And this was, just, <laughs> this was just the moment that kind of set him off. But I think he's been wanting to. I, I've, I, he is a bear. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he had been plotting on eat, eating one of his friends at some point in his life. <laughs> 
Maybe, perhaps. Like <laughs> th- that was just his way of coming back to nature. <laughs> He's yeah. like, "Yo, somebody take the shirt off of me." <laughs> of I'm trying reclaiming, to eat. <laughs> of reclaiming his heritage. <laughs> He's like, "I've been, I've been neglecting this part of my identity for, for far too long." Time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. I do think we all collectively forget that this is a bear. But <laughs> Um, but that as an inciting incident, I do think makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so as we, as we get to this opening with Christopher Robin coming back, I did kind of assume that that would be the idea is like, they come back, we off Christopher Robin potentially. And right. then, um, we kind of go from there. Cause that's what it, it, it's, the movie's very much setting them up to be the first kills, like just from the atmosphere, the way that we're like going into it, it feels like, all right, these two are going to die. For me, it's just like everything we did post this, I don't get. Like, I just feel like this, this to me was the strongest portion of the film plot wise. Cause I do the think the rest sequence. of the plot of this movie is paper thin at most. Yeah. So to start with the Christopher Robin and his fiance coming back, I will, I agree with you. I think the plot is the biggest weakness of this film not only just because of how it unfolds it's very confusing at times very clunky and also the writing for the characters themselves also falls pretty short i think i think it's honestly the most evident in this bit with christopher robin and mary only because it feels very stage Mm -hmm. in the way that it's written and the acting it just feels very much meant for the stage and comes off a little bit stilted only because it at times it feels like our characters don't have anything to talk about or they don't know what they're it feels like they don't have relationships other than the situation that's occurring. And so the two of them, I feel they it, it's weird how quickly Mary realizes that something is something wrong. is wrong. Yeah. But it's Christopher just out of Robin, nowhere. All of a sudden she just goes hide, hide. And, and nothing really has happened quite yet. Besides, they see a picture that I don't think we ever get to see. No. We're, yes. we're we we definitely <laughs> I expect I thought that we we're gonna get to see the picture. I, I was like too. I feel like this is an easier thing to do. <laughs> Just take a picture right. and then kind of cross you know, him out or something. put some a claw mark claw. through him. Like a lot of options something. that you had there. The show us right. nothing uh, was a bold one. But it was a bold <laughs> choice. <laughs> didn't quite pay off for me. But yeah. it's weird that Christopher Robin didn't notice. That something was wrong. It's so weird. And like, I I do get why he'd be curious about like, okay, what happened to my friends, right? Like, I haven't been here and clearly this isn't the state that I left the place. So what happened here? I do get that energy. But in the same vein, like even just kind of walking through the spot, like if you look in the background, there's like skulls strewn about. (laughs) The first pot that he touches has blood on it very clearly. And I'm sure... (laughs) probably has blood inside it yeah. as well and, and he just goes like, oh poo <laughs> <laughs> completely unaffected by the fact that there is blood present in this area that's supposed to have your friends in it mm-hmm. um so i feel like christopher was very blatantly ignoring a lot of red flags mm-hmm. during this first section so i actually don't even fault may <laughs> for like very quickly being like we're in danger but it's what kind of plays how it plays out after that 
that is where this movie already starts like derailing itself because even this right. leaving sequence is so weird like they they hide all day <laughs> while Pooh, <laughs> yeah because like Pooh walks into his room where they're in and so they both hide and then he just goes to sleep so they're just in there with him for mm-hmm. the entire day they get out scot-free but then choose to just kind of stand around until Piglet comes out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> they, <laughs> so they, yeah, because they leave. They walk down from this tree house and they're home free, essentially, they should be. And instead of leaving, she goes, hide, hide again. again. <laughs> so they're hiding again. And it's them deciding to hide again that allows Piglet to come up with a little sneak attack and choke her out so she can she dies right away i actually will say i do like some of the shots like some of the cinematography in this movie i actually think i actually enjoy and i this right i was gonna say it's like this movie is a lot prettier than what i thought it was gonna be especially from the trailers too that we watched Mm -hmm. i kind of assumed it was gonna be very very low budget but some of these shots are pretty like the production design is not bad Yes, it's pretty good. And honestly, this shot where we come out of the treehouse when they're hiding and it does a a quick cut to nighttime, I actually thought that was a cool shot. I I thought that was a cool way of showing the passage of time very quickly and almost being a dramatic, this is how long we've been here. And then them sneaking out. All of that, I, I actually, I will say one of the pros of this film is it's not a tough watch visually. I think as far most as <laughs> most of the time. But, you know, it's not it's not low. It doesn't feel low quality no, no, in no. that regard. The low quality feeling comes from the script and that and the the writing, honestly. To me. Yeah. And, and honestly, the editing, too. Like, I feel editing. like ed- editing is a huge factor for me in this one, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, no, yes. but the plot in these ca- and the characters, yo. It's rough. They needed some work. But visually, I was actually very impressed with the directing, at least for the way the shots are set up, not necessarily Mm -hmm. for the directing of the characters. But I I actually kind of like the idea of them keeping Christopher Robin and just more so torturing him than killing him right away because he is the revenge right he's the mm-hmm. whole reason that all of this is in their minds he's the whole reason that all of this is happening and they've been stewing on this for five years so i understand why they don't kill him and decide yeah. to hold on to him but i will say the rest of the people i think is where i get lost as far as the rest of the victims because yeah, i do who are these people because why are we here <laughs> i honestly feel like it would have been better if they knew if the rest of our group knew christopher robin if maybe they were all there together and christopher robin and and her broke off mm-hmm. and then never came back yeah. and then they like go to find him because then i feel like it gives piglet and Pooh a reason to very specifically go after this group mm-hmm. because the entire time i'm thinking oh okay they kill for food but they don't no. they don't eat any of these people they just kill them they they chop grind a whole girl up i'm thinking that's a month's worth of food at least <laughs> and y'all just throwing it away at this point and i think that's where i got confused because 
you you build this whole premise of oh they they kill for food now they're animals yeah but never once do we see them do that they kill for fun but right. why except <laughs> i guess except for may i think we're meant to believe that they ate may after she died um because i think they this, burn her body they oh so the so they don't eat the meat they, no the only person that they i think gets eaten is when piglet is like non on that lady's face later i think she's the only person that they actually eat and i still think the only reason piglet was doing that was just because he was trying to he was a little bit petty mm, okay <laughs> perhaps I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i kind of well when i was thrown off because they did a little like fake out of like christopher robin gets dragged in and then mm -hmm. instead of killing him we go back to the storybook style and we see somebody burning on the fire right that in my head that was them cooking somebody so if that oh. was just them burn burning may up sure for sure i thought they were barbecuing her oh, um for a later gotcha. meal perhaps i just know her her skeleton looked real crispy later. it did it did but i do agree with you i i think one of the biggest missteps plot wise for this movie was taking it away from the source material which mm. is really funny because like that's kind of the whole point right is to like use these ips in a interesting way to make a horror film but then the christopher robin ip you have locked in a dungeon for half the film and you have us dealing with these random people who have no actual direct affiliation with this initial uh, situation, mm -hmm. which is just very strange because it would just it would be very easy to attach these people to Christopher Robin in any way, shape yeah. or form. Like so, so easy. They easy. could be friends. They they could have come with them. Like you yeah. said, like there are so many different ways that you could make this attack or this revenge story more tied to Christopher Robin, but you really don't. You just get no. you get that first bit and then we're with the group of girls until most of them are dead. And it's just like why? Right. And it's and none of them even really stumble into the wood. It, it they're staying in a separate location that Pooh and Piglet decide to run up on. So they're not even really affiliated with the Hundred Acre Wood, except for our first victim, um, Tina. She for some reason goes into the woods to make a call even though she was just at her car and was making a phone call perfectly fine from her car she wanders into the woods but other than her Pooh and piglet actively search out all of our future victims and it just feels so disconnected i just i, I also too will say i think part of the reason that i say too that the writing in this first bit is so just not doing it for me is because you have that moment where Christopher Robin is Piglet and Pooh are kind of like um, coming in on <laughs> coming him. Coming in on him, yeah. And he repeats the same thing Line. four different times. He says, remember when we were younger and we used to play? Why are you doing this? Piglet, remember when we were younger and we used to play? Why are you doing this? Pooh, remember when we were young? It feels like either they allowed him to improv and he couldn't decide what he wanted to say or mm -hmm. they only wrote that much for him and then the scene went on longer than expected and they said you know what just keep going <laughs> just... because it just feels like there's a lot of times where characters 
are repeating themselves a lot and mm -hmm. there's nothing new being presented. We're not discovering anything new. Why are you doing this? We used to be friends. Why are you doing this, please? <laughs> I, I, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know any of this would happen. I, I thought you'd be okay without me. Why are you doing this? We used to be friends. What? Stop! Please, I beg you. I would have never left, I swear. I swear. I, 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 we, used to, we used to play together as friends. Remember when we were younger, please? Why, why are you doing this? Stop. I would have never left, I swear. I swear. I, where I feel like this would have been a great time to really have Christopher Robin plead for his life and like and be distraught about the state of his friends and apologize and and try to explain that hey I I went I tried to go on with my life I didn't do this to hurt you guys and instead we just kind of get stuck in the same position little loop yeah it's because like, yeah he's skipping he's like an <laughs> album that keeps skipping which i it's funny that you bring that up because like one of my notes not too long after that portion is during the title card sequence where we oh. hear <laughs> the same quotes at mm -hmm. least like three times each like yeah. there's another disappearance in the woods you shouldn't go down to the woods today yeah. the hundred acres the won't woods. save you and it just feels like the title card sequence lasted longer than what they recorded as far mm -hmm. as like news coverage goes so they just repeated it in different <laughs> orders until the yes. sequence was done and yes. so Maybe that was an editing thing, or maybe it was just like the biggest brain move where it's like, no, see the repetition. We already <laughs> established that during the title card sequence. Right. Either or, these characters were repeating themselves nonstop. And it's not so just Christopher Robin, like much. all these characters would do it the entire film. All of them. So then we meet our girls, our group of girls. Let's go, mm -hmm. girls. And oh, then. Wait, also, really quickly, just one more thing with the first sequence is he did not even attempt. To save May when Piglet was choking her, like he he got yeah. pushed down one time and just sat there and watched. Didn't even move a muscle. That happens a, a couple of times in this movie, and yes, he tries twice, gets pushed away twice, and then watches and <laughs> says, "Piglet, please no!" and tries to scream and get Piglet to stop. And uh, but other than that, it's. It's disrespectful. If honestly, if I was her, I probably just would. I just would have just get it over. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would have also just been like, well, I guess might as well kill me because apparently my soon to be fiance ain't shit. So <laughs> that's my whole future. <laughs> that has just <laughs> changed. Go ahead. So yeah, he Christopher Robin, and that's also not the first time that Christopher Robin will try at fifty percent to. <laughs> to Aid attempt to intervene someone. Yep. yes True. um but yeah so we meet our group of people who we will actually be following for this movie and maria i suppose is the closest we get to a main character mm -hmm. and 
so Maria has had a stalker and she's suffering from some like post-traumatic stress from that. She's having a really hard time moving on. And so her therapist says, well, why don't you go on a vacation or like go away for the weekend to help get your mind off of to help get your mind off of this creepy stalker that you had, why don't you go isolate yourself in the woods with a couple <laughs> of your friends? And they do do that. But I just thought it was so strange because first we get a scene that on her way there, we get a moment that means nothing besides the fact that it introduces us to Charlene, who we'll see later. Mm-hmm. Other than that, don't know why we had this little gas station section section. at all it feels like it's just picked straight out of another horror movie and they felt like we needed to have something like that that was kind of creepy but not really but she gets there with the rest of her friends and for why they're there it's little things like this that just kind of bug me a little bit because (laughs) it feels like they're trying to come up with reasons to have these very these beats that are found in other horror movies it feels like they're just forcing them into this movie whether it's necessary or not because then right after they get there they all decide to kind of like turn their cell phones in and Mm -hmm. not have their cell phones and they say oh yeah we're gonna disconnect to be one with nature this weekend but that to me i don't understand that because that's not why they're there they're there to help maria get over her stalker and the why so the first thing they do is say well let's just let's make sure that if we need to get any help we can't do that. And then Maria proceeds to tell all of her friends what happened to her. And I just find it so bizarre that none of her very, very close friends, A, knew she had a stalker and B, knew that's why they were there for the weekend. Yeah. Imagine what? <laughs> <laughs> your friend hits you up. Hey, you want to go on a vacation, go camping for the weekend? Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun while you're there all right so we're here to talk about maria stalker right um i'm sorry what her what she (laughs) basically she sits down and says i'm sure you're all wondering why i gathered you here today it's because a man broke into my house and stalked me for months and she says something to the effect of i didn't want to tell you girls because it wasn't my place it wasn't your place to talk about your trauma what are you saying maria (laughs) maria it it just that whole sequence the reason for them being there the reason for them getting rid of their phones none of it fits with itself it's like a puzzle that has a bunch of different pieces that none of them fit and it's just so weird because all you had to do was just have the girls have a weekend getaway i don't know why all this extra stuff had to be involved yeah even her whole stalker side plot it persists through most of the movie but has zero payoff like it it i feel like that perhaps it's not true i think at some point when the attacks finally start happening she maria instantly goes to oh my god it's my stalker Mm -hmm. he's here to kill us to i think what i had such a hard time giving up with these characters names but i think jessica yes jessica the one with the glasses Mm -hmm. got you yeah it's basically like 
hey, this is not about your stalker. Like, this is not about you, Maria. There's something else out there. So why do we have that plot point in the first place? Right. Because it's not even as if the plot points like that are important in movies where it's about the character overcoming that. Maria doesn't. There's really nothing within this film that has her character grow past the stalker situation. It's not like we see her come to terms or face her fears as a result of having had a stalker. None of that is really important because none of that really has to do with Pooh and Piglet. They're nothing like the situation that Maria dealt with. Maybe it would be different if when Maria was a child, she got attacked by a boar or mm-hmm. like lost in the woods and had to fight a bear or some shit like that where he came back around but it's nothing like that this situation is so different and maria never has a moment that is her moving past her trauma it's just there as an excuse i think for them to a be out there and b for her to have a gun i think that's the only reason that the stalker is even involved and that's another thing that gun ends up meaning nothing as well <laughs> it means nothing also i don't know why but when she said i have a gun i don't know why i laughed and then proceeded to laugh again when we see the gun because i don't know what i what gun i expected but i didn't expect her to just whip out a fucking call of duty hand yeah, cannon it looks of, wild it looks crazy <laughs> i was like what? that shit looks like a special drop in a video game i was like where did you get that gun from I'm like where is this from the han solo emporium why does it look like that it looks insane first of all and then also the fact that maria brought the gun because she was so scared of her stalker the minute they get into the room she goes where is it where did i put it she's throwing like the drawers everywhere she's checking the closet (laughs) checking under her bed maria can't remember where she put a gun bro and then she (laughs) finally finds it and she's like oh okay (laughs) and then she never uses it (laughs) she just carries it around for the rest of the movie (laughs) yeah like straight up a reverse chekhov's gun in this (laughs) yes it's so bizarre but that part (laughs) ridiculous um another thing okay who was the influencer friend i forget uh, uh, who was laura. Her name? laura okay so that character just why like <laughs> just just why my even if i didn't like that character that's one thing but for a character to one be by themselves isolated in a jacuzzi and to notice for a fact that someone is watching them Mm-hmm. To then decide, actively decide to go back to relaxing in the jacuzzi and close their eyes <laughs> and take a nap. Mm-hmm. Girl, you deserved everything that happened to you after that. <laughs> yeah, she was that character out of all of them felt the most. I was written by a man for a man because she is purely there to be sexy. She has nothing else to her. There's no thoughts behind those eyes, unfortunately, <laughs> but she was written that way. It's yeah, she she's one of those characters that sees a million bad 
signs in front of them and continues to drive forward. And so as a result, she gets killed because even though she takes a picture of Pooh standing in the background and she zooms in and sees what it is, she decides that she would rather not let him ruin her night. Is it literally <laughs> literally what she says is I'm not going to let some creepy stalker ruin my night or whatever. But because, oh, yeah, all she does is pose. Every time we see her, she's posing and then mm-hmm. like touching herself. Also, too, Tina, teen, the fact that Tina's shirt got ripped off. Ripped off. Before for she no died. Reason. What? What? I, it, it, that moment really felt like the movie being like, we're a slasher film, so we need boobs. Yeah, and so we threw that in there. I'm like. That was so unnecessary. It felt, yeah, especially because you have a character like Laura. If you're going to have somebody be naked, this is your opportunity. She's in a jacuzzi. Just have her take her top off. Who cares? Mm -hmm. And so to have Tina, (laughs) whose shirt just gets basically ripped in half while she's in the middle of this fight with Pooh, it just felt so strange. I, I, I just didn't understand why one character's shirt came off in the strangest of moments and the other character who seemed like she was written to be that character that Didn't never happened that. also so then we get to laura's death scene am i the only one who thought the sledgehammer was going to be involved bigger, <laughs> yeah had a bigger uh need to be there i why did we spend so much time on that fake, <laughs> on that fake out i don't get it i don't like, know <laughs> Um, for anybody who hasn't seen it and is just listening, basically they, they have her hog tied and she's laying on the ground yeah, and they when chloroform her yes, when uh, she's in the jacuzzi. She's in the, when, yeah. And then they have her there. Headlights come on. She's laying on the ground. Pooh's behind the driver's seat. Pooh got his license sometime. <laughs> Pooh did go to the DMV and get his license mm-hmm. and purchased a used car. Um, so Pooh turns the headlights on and then Piglet walks in from off screen, s- s- dragging a sledgehammer up on the floor and he even steps on her back. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, he's going to s- swing it down onto her head. Instead, he turns around, gives Pooh the nod. And he drives forward and crushes her head with the tire. Mm-hmm. And then Piglet laughs a snorty chuckle. <laughs> and then the scene is over. <laughs> you know what both Laura's death scene and Tina's death scene have in common is they're, al- they're both almost good. Like they're yeah. both almost really good fun kills. But then somehow they just drop the ball. In the in the last bit, because like there is gore in this movie mm-hmm. and there is some practical effects at use here. And there are some fun ideas as far as like slasher carnage goes. But then the execution of them is very strange in both situations. And then in both situations, they opt to use a lot of CGI to cover up the things that they can't do with practical. And yeah. it's very apparent. And like, even for a film that's supposed to be like lower budget vibes, it's like distractingly bad in places. Yeah. I will say, I, I think out of most things, the deaths in this, I was 
uh, were better than I was expecting them to be. Mm-hmm. To be, I will say, like I was pleasantly surprised by most of the deaths. Some of them were disappointing, but I actually was like, I, I think particularly with, despite it doing a little switcheroo for me and not being the way that I is expecting it to be, the tire death scene to me was better than Tina's wood chipper mm-hmm. death scene. Um, but I just think that's because it felt just a little bit more fresh and despite the cgi that was used i did appreciate that they lingered you know i i was yeah, like I, they, if, they weren't they didn't shy away from yeah. it they were like no you're gonna see the head crush I, yes. and that's the thing is like i respect that um it's just you know you gotta be mindful that if you're going that route like people are gonna see some things mm-hmm. um i gotta ask did you notice this that when Pooh started to drive the car, that they like CGI'd a smile onto <laughs> his face. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. I Go didn't back. See it. I promise okay. you. And this is to you who's listening right now as well. During the car sequence, Go back and right before <laughs> Pooh starts to drive off to go crush Laura's head, just look at his mouth. Just look. Just okay. look. You're welcome. I'll go back and look. I will say Pooh's ears move. His ears do move. Which I, 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 didn't I, that I thought too. that was a nice touch. I just going back to them, Pooh mm-hmm. and Piglet. I actually like the masks. I, I think it's they fine. look it's fine. I, I think they look fine. I think that it works for the situation. Pooh's dressed in his lumberjack <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. dr- his lumberjack drip. I can't remember what Piglet's wearing, just a a sack basically (laughs) and some gloves but yeah i i like them i honestly prefer poos i think to piglets but we also get to see more poo which is nice and i also think that there are there are times i like the way that poo the actor that is inside of the poo suit or what have you. I like the way that he moves. There's mm-hmm. sometimes that Piglet's waddle is a bit much for me. It it leans into slapstick territory at times. It's It works for me sometimes and then other times it doesn't. But also mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't fault. That's I think that's no fault of the actors. I have no doubt that what they were trying to they work with, you know, and, and you know what? And I appreciate that they tried to give specific characteristics to each of them so that they were different they weren't just like the same person um so i did like that but i actually i liked the masks i thought that they worked besides when Pooh was trying to eat honey i think that's the only time that the mask looks so weird like it's very clear that he can't open the mouth too much eat it yeah Yeah, because then we'll see his actual mouth so he just kind of has like rub it on his face (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because like during that sequence too you can see the person playing Pooh like having to just go for it more mm-hmm. where like they started with something and I'm sure off screen someone's yelling it just doesn't look real more. you really gotta stick it in there more put more honey. more honey I also like the the flashback to all of the fun times that him that and Christopher Robin had and Christopher Robin just saying all of these things all making all these promises that kids make and can't keep because he mm-hmm. he literally says I'll never leave you I'll stay with you forever and we'll grow old together and 
it's it ended like, up being a bro, lie. You got school, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, like that's that's such a kid thing. But I will say, so in that same sequence with the the flashback and everything, I don't know if you had the subtitles on. Did I? I don't even remember. Dude, I gotta be honest. I had to. That is something I will say. At like even just accents and dialects aside, I you have to be very very clear in your diction when you're when you're talking especially on in tv and movies because you know everybody knows how hard it is when you're watching a movie where people aren't clearly enunciating or they're mumbling and it makes it really really hard to understand what people are saying there are a lot of people in this movie who i think let the emotions of everything overpower the fact that we need to know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of times that if I didn't have the captions on, I would have had not a clue what people were saying. And because everyone was just screaming and crying so so much that it overpowered their words. Mm-hmm. And so I had to have the, the subtitles on. But it was funny because in the sequence where Pooh is whipping Christopher Robin with Eeyore's tail... <laughs> There's that song that plays throughout. That's that one that's like, mm-hmm. and the lyrics that my subtitle said it was, was that smell. And then the other lyrics are something, 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 something. That's what my <laughs> subtitle said. So basically it's saying that the song goes, that smell, something, 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 something. That's what it told me the song was saying. And it did that the whole movie. Every time that that song played, it's it. That's what it popped up as. Yo, lyrical genius! What you <laughs> I mean? just want to put that out there that that is what my subtitles assumed that song was saying. And honestly, if you listen, that very much might be correct because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Dude, that sequence is so silly. Because, like, one, Christopher Robin being revealed to be alive, I fully expected that he was dead. So I was just yeah. like, oh, you're still here? Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> this, this is an interesting turn. Um, But it's just, like, so long. Like, we spend mm-hmm. so much time in that little, like, heartfelt sequence for it to just mean nothing. And, like, I don't necessarily even mean just for the scope of this scene but for the entire movie as well because like there there's this idea that the original poo is still in there the nice one that christopher knew when he was younger he's still in there somewhere but in the grand scheme of things by the time you end the film you find out that no he's not he's he's fully he's fully left Mm -hmm. and that is a plot point i don't think is a terrible idea However, we've already established in this film that it's not even really about Christopher anymore. It's about this group of strangers that we don't know. So, like, trying to fit all of this emotional weight and character development into this single scene, it just, it comes across silly to me. Right, yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're right. We come to discover it's just about people now. And so having who think back to this scenario i almost feel like it would have been better if they had showed us the scene of when christopher robin left of when Mm. he maybe came up and said all right guys i'm on my way to college good luck i I feel like if we had seen that 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 
would have been better in the long run for Pooh because I don't think he is reminiscing on the emotional moments of when they were kids. I think he would be stuck in the moment of Christopher Robin leaving. And so I do kind of wish we got to see that and see I all because I also kind of wanted to see how it was handled. I want to mm-hmm. see what Christopher Robin did when he left. I want to see how he phrased it. I want to see because I'm like I said, I don't care what he said when he was a kid. Like I, I, I get that Pooh took it to heart and truly believed that. But there was just some I, I was more interested in the idea of Christopher Robin leaving than mm-hmm. this this young British boy telling <laughs> telling <laughs> Pooh how much how good of friends they were. But with the with the group, main group that we get, I feel like we got nothing with them. So by the time by the time that Pooh and Piglet are at the house and they're kind of ready to rock, I was honestly surprised that we were already at that point that they had seen our killers because I was thinking we were going to get more of them, more information, more backstory, more of their friendships. We get the basics of everybody. There's that scene where Jess and Maria hear the screaming and they're like sitting on a dock. dock. I almost felt like there should have been a convert what it felt like there was a scene that got cut because if uh, when did they get out there what were they doing out there i feel like they should have been talking or something all of a sudden they heard a scream and they were on the move but it's like true but did i really want that extra five minutes of runtime onto this movie because with what we got right now it's only an hour 20 something minutes and mm-hmm. it feels like two like between the way that the plot is and just like the editing it just the movie drags in so many places that mm-hmm. yes i would like more character development in my winnie the pooh horror film sure however because again we have this group of people that in the grand scheme of this do not mean jack shit because spoiler all of them die yeah it's just like I, why why get to know them like why mm-hmm. spend any more time with them than you need to if they're just going to be body count sure just let them be the let them be the body count but like i feel like because this movie is split with this christopher robin stuff and this maria stuff i feel like i'm watching two separate movies, movies. every every time right but i think that's why i wanted more of that i i think that what it is is i wanted more of that and less of some of the chases and it, it feels like we we needed to cut some more of the just them running around because oh, yeah. there's there, a there lot so many of places time could have been cut yes i would have preferred them cut that stuff and just had it be a sit down conversation with that because it would have made more sense because a lot of that time that gets spent running around, I think is where my confusion comes from in some of mm-hmm. these action sequences because we keep cutting from different perspectives. There's one point where we're in like Christopher Robin's point of view out of nowhere. And then we jump back out into like a third person point of view. And so, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think especially when we start to get to once Jess and Maria go to save Alice and they're rescuing all of these people and then hiding poorly behind a box even though they can clearly be seen and then they leave and then they come back and then they leave it's once you start to get to some of that stuff I wish we had pared that down and they like it feels like they started 
on each person's relationship and then almost decided, okay, that's enough. I think particularly for Zoe and Alice, because I, they're in a relationship, a very fresh relationship, evidently. But then they're saying, I love you to each other later on because they're mm-hmm. about to die. Um, Zoe's death sequence, it, I felt, I felt like that was, I felt like that was disrespectful. I felt like that <laughs> sh- just did not, that did not please me at all. And I honestly thought that that was a little bit of a slap in the face <laughs> to the audience because that whole sequence. Okay. We just finished uh, talking about an amazing pool sequence in the last episode that we did. And then mm-hmm. to see this, to see this, I felt upset. I did. Oh, yeah. Same here, dude. That pool sequence was so bad for, like, so many reasons. Like, one, there's just so many, like, movie things or, I guess, logic things that I kept seeing, like, the biggest one being, like, he, like, throws he throws a chain to, like, attempt to, like, I guess, whack Hit whoever her. it is in the pool mm-hmm. um, in the head. But then, like, the chain floats where I'm just, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's going to slow down in the water. I was so like, why are you wasting your time like why are we doing this and then the way that he like he sledgehammers her in the face but then it, it's very clear that he's just slapping the water yeah. with the sledgehammer it's just like there's so many things that stick out during that sequence that just make it not good i just i don't know yes and i think the worst bit of it to me was so the way that this pool is set up, it's very long and narrow. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very skinny pool that kind of spans the length of the room. And so Alice gets knocked out and then Zoe falls into the pool. And he and P- Piglet goes to kill Alice and Zoe distracts him, basically. And then, yeah, so the whole chain thing happens it's like piglet tries to hit her with the chain a couple of times and she keeps dodging (laughs) and so he walks he walks back the way that he came to like get to the stairs to go into the pool first of all just jump in the fucking pool why do you have to walk (laughs) down the stairs and then but while he's walking back did you notice that Zoe was walking in the same moving in the same direction as him no so that's the part that honestly pissed me off because it's like as he is walking towards the stairs zoe is also moving towards the stairs and she's staring dead at his ass like at his ass (laughs) so she sees that he's walking the way that he's walking she was like moving towards him and then as soon as he gets in the pool she turns around and starts to run back the other way just Get out of the pool. <laughs> Just like, leave. Leave the pool. It's this. I'm telling you, this pool is skinny. It would have taken her two steps to get to the side of the pool and just hop out and run. It. Why would you stay in the pool? Why wouldn't you have been trying to create as much distance as possible between the two of you guys in the first place? You deserved to die. And like, I didn't. I didn't feel that way about her at first because she was pretty proactive. She's that go-getter character who's who says, oh, we got to gear up and get ready to fight. And then is and then turns right around and is dumb. And so I think that's what 
what irritated me about it is she just made so many bad decisions and then uh, basically accepted her fate because she kind of like turns around and lets him <laughs> let's her him whack her in the face <laughs> like, just do it get me out of this sequence like, you know what on second thought go ahead and just kill me <laughs> yeah but it's just like i feel like a lot of these deaths outside of like the little nitpicks and like things that you know take you out of the sequence it's just mm -hmm. again because we don't have any connection to these characters as far as like plot goes it's just hard to care so a lot yeah. of these sequences just feel long and dragged out because i'm just like just move on already and what's funny is like again there's not too much in terms of like things that happen mm -hmm. in this movie like it's very much like the girls show up uh Pooh notices that girls are there they attack they stumble upon their hideout, find Christopher Robin, and uh, what was her name again? Oh. The Charlotte or oh, Charlene. Charlene, Charlene. They find yes. Charlene, have that whole situation, um, which, why'd you let her have that gun, first and foremost? Oh my gosh. Charlene, shout out to Anthony Hamilton, very good song, but this Charlene <laughs> is one of the worst perpetrators for me, unfortunately, and me not being under able to understand what she's saying because her voice she's like screaming a lot and her voice cracks so mm -hmm. i didn't hear any of her setup when she's talking about what happened and how does she know Pooh and piglet oh, didn't yeah, I missed <laughs> didn't we did we not establish that Pooh and piglet have not uttered a word since christopher robin left and then charlene says they speak in broken English. So they did talk. So they lied. <laughs> so they lied. <laughs> so it wasn't that big of a deal, was it, in the end? But yeah, they like take her and then they have her. There's a couple of things that they do that I, that, yeah, I just kind of question why they do it. Like writing get out on the window, taking. Like, why? taking alice and not killing her and both alice and charlene they string them up in these like old timey torture devices like their goody proctor from the crucible <laughs> it, it i didn't understand i also thought that alice i thought Pooh had killed her when he was doing all that stuff to her but she was alive when the girls got there um so yeah it, it's remains to be seen why they took Charlene. Charlene mentions that Piglet can smell her. And I'm like, oh, so you stink? And that's why he, <laughs> what do you mean? What does that have to do with you being here? And then she sees her face and wants revenge and does yeah. a very poor job at it. Yes. <laughs> just loses, basically just loses the gun and then gets her face eaten even more. Yes. Um, but I, again, another instance of like another person. Why are we still introducing people at this point in the film? <laughs> right. Like, why are we introducing any more characters? Don't we have enough already? We definitely <laughs> do, especially because this is our first. We're reunited with Christopher Robin. And this is when I got excited. I was like, oh, OK, cool. Christopher Robin and our current group are going to band together and they're going to figure this out nope and then we leave christopher robin again and he's not to be seen until the last couple of minutes of the movie and that's what charlene does she acts as another distraction from christopher robin another person 
who really doesn't matter to us or to Pooh or to Piglet, and yet has a whole sequence, a whole monologue of of revenge. And I just wish that I do think this was the perfect time to at least reestablish Christopher Robin as an important component of why pig and pig and poolet <laughs> why poolet wait what the fuck why poo and piglet are doing what they're doing because i think i understand that they wanted to have christopher robin kind of arrive at the end and have right. his hero moment but i do think that there is still a way of doing that and having him be involved with our girls at least a little bit more than what he is yeah but instead he just becomes kind of like this bookmark to certain parts yeah. of the of or certain parts of the plot we see every once in a while um it's again it's, it was just such a misstep to have christopher robin be like an auxiliary character in this yeah it almost feels like they had a good idea for the beginning section and then maybe potentially like what they wanted to do with that character with the at the end to have him come back but they didn't know what they wanted to do with the middle. So that's why we have this extra group mm -hmm. to serve as like the meat of this movie. Um, but even coming into the ending sequence, I thought it was fun for like a second. <laughs> like <laughs> they, they get to the hideout. Charlene gets eaten. Uh, mm -hmm. Christopher Robin nowhere to be found. And now there's like two of them left. They're running through the woods trying to escape. Oh, they kill Piglet. Yeah, at some Alice, point. Alice successfully. It, I, which I will say, I think Alice's death is my favorite. Uh, yeah, Alice, Alice's death is one of the better ones. Um, it's this is a this is this one's definitely a nitpick. But like, I just know the trick of like stabbing someone through the mouth and like just having it be on the side of their mouth. I can just like see the movie magic mm -hmm. behind that one. So it takes me out of it a little bit. But the idea, I still think, is very cool. Mm -hmm. um, lo love seeing somebody get macheted up to, to a post. That's always <laughs> a fun one. Um, but they run out into the road. Stop, gets, um, stop this car filled with, who are these people? I don't know, but they're just passerbys. Um, we did have, I love that we did have this conversation about, like, would you stop <laughs> in the middle know. of the road? So it was fun to see yeah. that idea come back. But essentially, they stop. They try and get help. Of course, Pooh arrives. And they're like, you know what? You out here hurting women? Well, we gonna hurt you. And they get set up to do a nice old repeat of what we saw in Halloween Kills. Yes. And try and take down the big guy in, while fighting in the void. Yes. And it's like, for I say it was fun for a second. Because like for a second, it is kind of fun to just see Pooh getting beat up after everything he's done. you talking about what's happening to y'all huh he's coming for us he's, he's coming he's gonna burn who is hey okay we need to go now who you girls on drugs no you're not listening to me we need to get out of it now please no, 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 no. Go, go. you need to calm down you ain't making no sense boy logan check it out the fuck is that what the? No, it's bad! 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 No, it's bad
Some kind of freak picking on them girls, huh? Colt, Tucker, it's all up. I don't like the look of this one. Is this who's been chasing you? You don't understand. Because this is something that's definitely been done before, we all already know the formula of this sequence, right? We all know that he they're all gonna attack and then Pooh is going to magically be able to take them all down. Um there was some fun in watching how Pooh dispatched this group of guys, particularly <laughs> the part where he summons a flock of bees to finish off yeah. one of the people. Yeah, <laughs> Pooh gained some Candyman abilities about candy halfway through the movie. We see him being followed by a flock of bees and... Uh, that's the first time we see it and then yeah it comes back in this moment and <laughs> it is pretty it is pretty funny to just like watch that one guy just run off into the into the woods he just waves his hand yeah. and bees just arrive and Chase. destroy him and so yeah you're right it, it's like fun in in concept, I think it's really fun. It's the most fun I'd had at this point in the movie. Yeah. I gotta be real. Oh yeah, and I think it's also partly because these guys are really hamming it up, and I like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the kind of fun acting that I was thinking this was gonna be. Because that's another thing, actually. Now that you mention that, I feel like so much of the stuff that we get with our group of ladies is just kind of a downer. Because it's like mm -hmm. there's no fun. And I feel like the, these guys are just kind of fun and what they're dealing with is. But with our main group, it, it's they're there for a reason that's kind of a bummer. There's relationship issues. Uh, and then our character who is meant to be, I guess, the fun gets killed basically right away. And so I think that's what it is, is there's no ever time... I almost feel like this to me feels like the perfect movie to have a Friday the 13th esque group of just a bunch of kids out to be debaucherous in the woods. And the fact mm -hmm. that that's not what it is, is I think where I just feel like it's it drags because I shouldn't have to care about my group. I shouldn't have to care about anything that they're dealing with. And I don't in this film, but I don't think that that's for the same reasons that it's meant to be. I don't want to care about them in this, but like I, because I want them to just be fun characters that are going to get killed off. But everybody in this movie is dealing with all this serious stuff that I still don't care about. And then it, but now it just makes me feel like, Oh, this is kind of a, kind of a downer yeah. and not just like oh okay cool i don't care about them because they're you know they they just came here for fun and then they got killed like that's what i was looking for yeah so although the sequence with the rescuers is very generic and again something that's we've seen this before it was a breath of fresh air for me in regards to this because it was just something different and yeah like you said a little bit more a little bit more in line with what i thought this was going to be is like mm -hmm surface level characters but fun interactions with our main villain like that's what i was really going into this looking for and i think that that sequence had it i just wish that that was spread out a little bit more um yeah. 
Because, like, by the time this movie ends, this ending had me just upset. Like, I was, <laughs> I, I felt disrespected by this ending. <laughs> Honestly, I don't, I actually don't mind this ending. I, I think it makes sense. I don't mind that there's no resolution. And although it's, I question it. I actually also don't mind that Christopher Robin is the only one to escape because I do feel like that opens the door for possibilities in the sequel is to have Christopher Robin come back. And if it's between him and Maria, go ahead and get rid of Maria because I would not want, I don't know where they would ever go with her character. She would have to be like a one-off sort of situation. So I honestly, I, I feel like out of, like most of the sequences and stuff i like the idea behind the ending and i actually think that it's executed pretty well so for me the ending was actually like an up moment from what we had been seeing in this final half the ending actually pinned it on a more of a positive note for me just because i was like okay i like what they did there i will say the only thing that I think was a little bit of a misstep is we know that Pooh and Piglet can be hurt. And I do think that there should have been, I think I would have liked it more if Pooh had had some more obvious injuries. I kind of hate how he walks out of that situation. Like, Oh, like, Oh bother. Like, you know, how he just walks out and he's like, Oh, I'm still kicking. I wish that because you have established that they can be hurt and Mm -hmm. that they can like die and be killed i wish that we had seen Pooh um like fighting against those injuries more and had it be more of like a struggle between all of them and then Pooh just like came out on top rather than it feels like Pooh is still completely in control completely unstoppable by the end of it but i will say i liked the scene and i was like okay cool that was a cool ending and then the credits start and that snarling started that pissed me off (laughs) that got you yeah because Pooh does this snarling thing throughout the film where he'll be like (laughs) and oh gosh and it just it it, the scene was going fine and then he started to do that that's fair it's you know what it is it's like this movie to me just felt like a very expensive proof of concept for Mm. whatever this director is going to do with this franchise later on because like the director's already expressed interest in not only sequel to this film but potentially tackling other childhood stories once they become public domain um it, it very much seems like they like this idea of turning these childhood stories into horror films Okay, but like if we're going to like learn from this one, I think having the actual characters and story from the source material mean something would be very effective. Because like by the time this movie ends, I think the reason the ending pissed me off is I feel like I didn't go anywhere. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like I spent a lot of time in the scenario just to end up basically where i started this film where Pooh's back in the woods and christopher robin is not in the woods um now slightly more traumatized than he was before but still it just like ah it just it it, it felt like a movie that was a lot of ideas right like a lot of ideas like how do we make this scary but then we didn't see 
like any of these ideas through like it feels like we started a lot of concepts but then we didn't get to see how that the payoff of for them would look Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and that's and i feel like that kind of goes back to what i said said with the all these different horror checklist moments piled into this one movie whether they fit or not and i feel like it's very obvious when they don't and mm-hmm. and i agree i do wish that in some regard we had taken more from the source material but i don't even think it would have necessarily been adding a bunch of stuff that they didn't have i just even think just having christopher robin be more involved and having elements from even if they had used more stuff like when they were killing if they had used like kids toys or you know like choking them out with a jump rope instead of the fact that someone wasn't drowned by honey is a travesty yeah just little things like that honestly i feel like would have leaned more into the campiness of it and the whole novelty of the idea of saying, yeah, we're doing Winnie the Pooh and Piglet are going to be our killers, I, like really lean into that. Instead, I feel like that's part of the movie. And then we have all this other stuff that does not feel connected at all. And I think there that's why it just feels so disconnected as a whole is because these two sides don't match up. And Mm. it's really unfortunate because I do think that this is a gimmicky movie. And I think that that's what it's meant to be. And I do think that that could have been really fun, should have been really fun. But like I said, it just feels like they went so dark in tone. And I don't think that this is the type of movie that that should be. This to me strikes me as a ginger dead man type of scenario, (laughs) you know, like really, really lean into that, make it make uh, use as much of that property as you can to to really up the like you that's why people are coming to see it you know why people are coming Mm -hmm. to see it and so like really use that and i just feel like it wasn't utilized as best as it could be and i think that's why it just kind of falls flat at the Mm. end of the day yeah in regards to whether or not this film was a success I'd have to say no, but you know, it left me, it left me uh, intrigued, if nothing else, mm-hmm. um, at the idea of these childhood stories becoming horror films. Um, but I am very curious to know what you would rate this film and also what we should rate this film out of. Oh man. I mean, I feel like I'm like trying to get something with honey. Right. Like honey pots would be uh honey pots is honestly the thing is it's on the nose but like I, honey pots is something i don't see as necessarily using yeah. again and as far as like the property i feel like that makes sense as far as like what about, the character what about bloody honey pots yeah we'll do bloody honey pots okay all right I feel like I've already kind of given a little bit of around where I'm going to be with this. So I am kind of curious if you'd be okay with going first, oh, what you rate this one. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to rate this one, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> okay. All right. Fine. That's fair. That's fair. Myself, I got to give this a uh, one and a half. 
Adify, okay. uh, Bloody Honey Pots. Uh, I, I will say I went to this movie with very low expectations, mostly just because we've already seen the initial reactions to this. Like we're recording this several months after this film has come out. So people have already fully discussed and talked about what they don't or what they like and what they don't like about this movie. Um, so I went in expecting not to be like blown out of the water. And I'll be real in certain some regards, this film actually did impress me. Um, and did do better than what I was expecting. Again, it looked a lot better than I thought it was going to look. Um, some of the concepts that they were exploring were a little bit more interesting than I initially expected. Um, I really thought I was just going into this one to see some mindless carnage and then promptly go do something else. And I kind of got that, but unfortunately I got that without the fun that typically comes with like B horror slasher films and just kind of the wackiness, which is unfortunate because like you said, I think using this particular IP in the genre should just very easily breed a lot of wacky fun scenarios. Mm -hmm. But instead we kind of just get like a dark dreary hour 24 with mostly characters that don't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. So that part, it's kind of disappointing, but I don't fault them for trying. Again, I also like the idea of exploring these kind of indie projects like this and also allowing them to make it to the big screen just to have some variety there. Uh, but in terms of like actual enjoyment, I, this just really missed the mark for me. So it's going to be one and a half out of five bloody honeypots. Okay, I actually think I'm going to give this two, I think, out of five okay. bloody honeypots because... Yeah, I, I agree with you in a lot of ways in the sense of this movie was better and this movie was the exact opposite of what I expected. I thought it was going to be visually pretty low budget, pretty hard to to get through, but that the writing was going to be really creative. I feel like I got the opposite of that. Visually, mm -hmm. I had no issues besides some of the editing, some of the scenes or like some of the sequences being a little bit confusing and the way that they were edited together. Besides that, I actually thought that there were some cool shots. I thought that they were pretty tonally consistent as far as the way that they were setting up the shots they did some cool stuff with lighting what have you and as far as you know effects go yeah it was some shoddy moments but not nearly as many as i expected for a low budget movie like this and not nearly as many as some of the movies that we have seen in the past and so that to me was very impressive but then the part that I felt like would be the easier part, the writing and the characters, that completely fell flat for me, which was just such a bummer. I don't think I was disappointed by any means by Pooh and Piglet, which I guess is good, but mm -hmm. I didn't get... I'm not just hanging out with them. I have this whole other crew that I'm hanging out with, and I, for the most part, don't really like any of them. And so that was just kind of a bummer, is I felt like I was spending a lot of time with people that I didn't understand, I didn't like, I didn't particularly care to know more about, but also wanted to know more about. I had these weird feelings about everybody. I'm on the fence with Christopher Robin, but that's mainly because Christopher Robin is just a guy. Could have told me his name was Jonathan Smith, and I would have been like, yeah, I guess so. There's nothing about him, I feel like, that makes him Christopher Robin to mm -hmm. me. And so that's where it's lacking. And I think that was honestly the most important is 
the creativity of a movie like this. And so that to me was just a little bit of a bummer and it made me disappointed more than anything by the end of it. But also I will say I am excited for a sequel. I think that where they left it. I was just going to express that that as well is despite all the shit I've been talking when the sequel to this comes out, I actually think I'm going to watch it because I'm just so curious to see where we go. I think so as well, because I actually think where they've left themselves, they've left themselves in a better position than they started with, because I think where they've ended things, particularly with Christopher Robin, is good. Now, granted, Piglet is done. <laughs> Piglet's yeah. out of the picture, so I don't know where we would go forward from there. As far as like, are we riding solo with Pooh or are we going to bring in some new friends? But I will say what they've done with Christopher Robin, I think actually sets up a sequel that can jump right into things. And I think expand on things in a way that this movie did not do or have the opportunity to do. So, yeah, two, two out of five bloody honeypots for me. Um, I think this is one of those movies where it's like I wouldn't outrightly tell anybody to like yeah go watch it but if you've had any interest in it i won't tell you i don't i don't think it's one that you like have to skip it's up to you if you feel like you're willing to pay the five bucks for it you know what i mean but like Mm -hmm. if anybody has any interest in watching this i say check it out it's i think it's worth it it's worth it to see the idea at play alone, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that if you have interest, it's worth checking out. Um, I'm also curious for one last thing, Erica, since um, this whole thing started with the idea that the story is now public domain. Um, what would be your Winnie the Pooh public domain horror film just off the dome? <laughs> oh, like what would I make it? Mm hmm. So I think I had a couple of ideas while I was watching it. And one of them was that it kind of leads into the Friday the 13th thing. But one of them was that Christopher Robin like dies in a horrible accident and like Pooh and Piglet get revenge on Mm -hmm. the people that were involved in it. It was like one of the ones that I thought of. Another one was that like Christopher Robin is a bad just like a shitty guy instead of being because he's like pretty nice in this movie like everything that happened he didn't mean for it to happen but i thought of an idea of like if he did like kind of leave them like out in the dust on purpose and was like more of a like a dick about it and then Mm -hmm. in the future if he came back and almost wanted to like capitalize on them and like brought this whole team with him and they were going to shoot it almost like documentary style and mm. he was like going to make money off of it. And then from there, they like kill him and everybody that comes with him. Those are the two that I thought of. <laughs> OK, I like those. Those are creative, <laughs> <laughs> particularly the the document, the or documentary the, style, the, the documentary. Yeah, that'd be yeah, an easy way to do it cheap. Mm hmm. That's mm-hmm. true. Um. <laughs> There were two that I had were um, one. The first one's actually honestly kind of close to what we have here. Mm-hmm. But I would just like make the time jumps even more significant. Like have Christopher Robin come back as a full on grown up, like uh, a full adult, just to see like what that passage of time does to this area and these characters. Um, or another version is have this have a similar start with christopher robin meeting 
uh, Pooh and the rest. Um, but have at some point Christopher Robin like tell people about this and then he goes off to hang out with them one day and doesn't come back. And then we come mm. back years later kind of searching for Christopher Robin to see what happened to him. Mm. And then we find these feral uh, murderous style Winnie the Pooh characters, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm very curious to know what everyone's public domain Winnie the Pooh yeah. horror movie is. Please let us know what ideas you guys have um, now that this idea has hit the public domain and anyone could make it if they have enough money. Yeah, let us know what would what would you have done with this plot? Uh, how would you have twisted and turned it to make it creepy? You can talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homiesofhorror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. Or if you'd like to come into our Discord, that's where we hang out with the homies and chit-chat throughout the week. The link for that is in our social media bios. If you'd like to come through there and say what's up, perhaps we'll have a little chit-chat about your version of Blood and Honey in there as well. So we'd love to see you guys in there. And it's Monday, which means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. If you'd like to come through there and say hello as well, we'd love for that. Twitch is where we play spooky games with the homies, and we would love to see you guys in there. So the link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners, and we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Or over on Spotify, you can hit the stars underneath our name to leave a rating. But that is it for us today, homies. Thank you so much for trekking with us through the woods. And we will be hanging out with you guys next Monday. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.